part of Jacobite Clans, the exhibition, we've worked with many different partners across the region. One of these partners is Blair Castle, and we have many items on loan from them, including items that relate to Lord George Murray of Athol. So in this episode, we'll be discussing a bit more about these items. Nikki, do you want to kick us off? <laughs> well, actually, uh, there's lots of great stuff from, from Blair, um, and it's a, it's a great venue, really, more than um, than anything, because of, obviously you can go there and visit and do all sorts of things. The wee story that I'm going to talk about in this in this wee podcast is actually not included in the exhibition, but it's related to the people, um, because it comes from letters at Blair Castle Archive. Um, now, the Murray of Athol family are big players in Jacobite history. Um, some of the battles take place near Blair. Killy Cranky is obviously nearby, Dunkeld. It's a scene of more trouble. Um, and most importantly, it was the men of Athol, um, all those loyal to the to the Murray clan, and we're back to our Jacobite clans, the men of Athol um, are a huge force, which both sides would have been glad to secure as support. So like all noble families, they hedge their bets, and so some family members are actually Jacobites, while others um, profess their loyalty to the crown. So in terms of families, how, how are they able to do that? Like, how are they able to have, like, so many different views? Would they not fall out? Because imagine these families are quite close and quite tight-knit as well. Absolutely. But, um, I mean, they do, I mean, it's just, it's a, an insurance policy, really. I mean, you have to have some people in the family um, maybe aligned to the Jacobite cause, because obviously um, if you have a brother or a, as a Jacobite, he will ensure that the family um, retained its wealth and land and status in the event of the Stuarts actually returning. Um, and we saw that, really, when we looked at the um, the Culloden letter the Murray of Dollery family as well. His son came out in support for Bonnie Prince Charlie, um, but old Murray of Dollery stayed stayed loyal um, and there not been a, a, a Jacobite previously. So it is, I'd imagine, pretty complex business tracing these family trees as well. Yeah, it's um, any family history is complex, um, but it's like detective work uh, when you get going. Big noble families tend to leave lots of source material too, um, letters, books, journals and papers to do with their land and estates. Uh, and if you recall, we have the um, the family tree map, which is on display at AK Bell Library, and it sets out the fam- family connections of the Murrays of, of Athol. The first Duke of Athol's brother, William, is Lord William Nairn, and he and his wife, Margaret, um, are, are committed Jacobites. So you get that family, you know, they're, they're that's Jacobites within the Murray of Athol. And then you have Lord George Murray, as you say, whose items are on display. And he's a great Jacobite too. Um, so how do these Murrays, you know, manage all of this? And, and this is really what the, um, the, letters, the letters are about. The Duke of Athol and his wife Catherine try to stay aloof from Jacobite intrigues mostly, but they obviously know everything that's going on. Um, letters in the period are, are full of the political news, and these are very important families um, who sit in the Scottish Parliament. They're the people who rule Scotland, the Murrays of Athol, um, and Catherine's uh, people are Hamilton, so they're very important. At the time of the Battle of Killycrankie, um, the Duke's parents, the old Marquis and Marchioness of Athol, they actually leave Scotland um, and retreat on health grounds to take the water at Bath um, and this is a this is an old ruse this is a great way of keeping out of trouble um, you know they just decide that they will leave Scotland get out of the way um, go to Bath and they leave their young younger son um, and, and the heir in charge at Blair Castle with his wife Catherine um, at that time, the Duke um, has a younger brother, uh, James, I think his name is. He gets all caught up in the excitement of Killy Cranky, and he joins Bonnie Dundee. Um, but they're all they're all aghast at this, and they're able to get him back home after the battle and explain away his actions as reckless 
um, and rash, a Ruth who was seeking adventure and who didn't appreciate what he was getting into. So this gets him off at that time um, and and that's a tactic that might not work again. And remember, we we know now that the Jacobite struggle lasted for decades, but at that time many people thought it would be settled after Dundee died at the Battle of Killycranky. Um, you know, that could have been it. You know, how did they know what was going to happen next? So they dealt with one thing at a time um, and, and how long it would all go on for. And it seemed that the Jacobite leader was dead. So perhaps things might just basically just fizzle out. Yeah, and Bonnie Dundee that we spoke about in a previous episode, he was buried at Blair, correct? That's that's correct. Allegedly, yes, that's where that's where he lies. And there are lots of stories about Dundee um, and his death, um, how he was wounded, how long he lay on the battlefield, his men not getting to him, uh, what his dying words were. These are all big accounts of these things, but some of them are slightly conflicting at times. But his body was taken to Blair, apparently, and he was buried there um, in the wee kirk that you can see from the castle itself. Um, and I believe it was a later Duke the Seventh who decided to place the plaque on the wall there in 1889. So the sisters in the Murray of Athol family, they were arguing about Bonnie Dundee. Why was this? Well, this is this is the interesting little spat between the sisters, which I'm going to tell you about today because I think it's really really fascinating. One is obviously Catherine. She, she's the first Duchess of Athol um, and she's arguing with her sister um, Susan, Susanna, Lady Yester. Um, and they are both daughters of the Hamilton family. Um, Susanna tends to live more around Edinburgh than Catherine, but they both spend time at their own homes, their mother's home, Hamilton Palace, and also they, they live at times in Edinburgh um, when things are happening, when the Parliament's um, on, things like that. And I was actually researching the first Duchess of Athol, so I've gone through lots of her letters over lots of time, and I wasn't looking for Jacobite stuff particularly, but obviously it kept pop- cropping up. And this argument um, showed up in the letters, but it's also in the, the big family history, which we have here at the AK Bell, the chronicle of the Athol and Tullybarden families. That's been written in big volumes, um, which is great. You can follow the family history through and see letters. So Dundee is killed in 1689, and the letters come from July 1705, quite a few years later on. So you can see how Jacobite things are ever present. They're just under the surface, even when there's no outright rebellion at that time. And what it seems to have happened is that Catherine's in Blair and she's heard a report about someone accusing her husband, the Duke, um, of having drunk out of Dundee's skull. So um, I think the best thing maybe for me to do is actually read, read the letter for you just so you can see this wee bit that she, she sent to her sister. So Catherine's outraged about this accusation and she's writing to her sister, um, Susan Lady Yester, in July of 1705. I'm sorry we are not like to see you in town. And the more that I have heard a story that I should have been glad to have talked of with you, for I am told you said my lord drunk out of Dundee's skull the last year when he had the Highland hunting, and that you knew it to be true for you had it from an eyewitness. I hope you will think it reasonable to let me know this eyewitness, for if they have told the truth, they need not be ashamed to own it. And if it be other ways, I think they ought to be made sensible of it. And I must own to you, I could not have thought a sister of mine would have done so unkindly with me to have so much as repeated such a story without acquainting me of it. You will see I have done other ways by you to let you know what I have heard of you. So I shall expect your answer and then you shall know the truth of the matter. Yeah, Catherine seems to be quite harsh <laughs> she's um, in angry. her response there. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty, she's pretty angry. So um, I come across that and thought, wow, that's that's pretty. Oh, she's annoyed. Yeah. Um, so Lady Susan, um, Lady Susan writes back to her just a few days later and, and includes in her letter, dear sister. As for that story that you wrote of, I did hear it when my lord was at London and contradicted at that time that I could not believe it, though it was positively said. 
but doth think it is con not convenient to write the name of the author, both on your account and mine, but that ever I said I knew it to be true, or that I had it from an, an eyewitness, that I could not say, because those that told me of it was not there, and nor in kindness to any of my sisters or brothers, I am not sensible of that. So shall say no more of the subject till I see you, nor shall I say how much I have on all occasions defended his grace, for I always had a great opinion of your Lord. And she goes on to finish the letter there. So she's trying to make it up there. Yeah, and you can tell Lady Susan, she seems pretty narked off as well. She's and, quite, yeah. Yeah, and was there was there a clap back to well, Lady Catherine? There's, there's one more, which All I right. read. So Catherine comes back um, to, I don't think she's buying any of it. Catherine comes back to her sister, Lady um, Le Le Esther. Now, sister, I cannot but own to you that I take it very unkindly from you that you should have heard such a story of my Lord and not have acquainted me of it. And then you could have better known what to have said. And since you will not tell the author, who it seems must know themselves to be a liar that they dare not own it, I desire you may tell them from me that they are a very gross one. For directly nor indirectly was there ever any such thing, nor so far from truth. My lord was never in that vault that Dundee is said to be buried in, nor never saw nor touched a bone in his life. And really, if anybody had been so inhuman as to drink out of his skull, which I never heard of, but what I heard you reported, I think they did him much more indignity than an honour. They have a vast deal of malice that invented this story, and I think they had little kindness that did not acquaint us of it, which is all I shall add. Adieu. And you can tell here that Lady Catherine, she's pretty kind of annoyed at the suggestion that someone's drank out of Dundee's it's skull. It's just a whole bizarre kind yeah. of story. Bit of drama. <laughs> she's just a bit of drama. Um, I think what's really um, interesting is that she says, my lord was never in that vault that Dundee is said to be buried in. I think mm -hmm. that's slightly telling about that kind of, you know, um, idea. I mean, that's that's their family kind of church, so why is she saying that? But obviously the idea that anybody would do something so horrible and that this was being bandied about. Um, it's a bit, you know, it's things have happened far away and, and, you know, it's not, you've got to go through letters and reports and things happen. But um, it's it's just, I think the more I do history, the more I think that something's never changed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the sisters um, make up their differences, um, but there's always that family rivalry, which, which is interesting. And I think these come up when you read collections of letters together and you just get those wee nuggets of, of Jacobite information. Um, I'm always slightly conscious of the fact that these letters were written without anyone imagining who would read them at a later date. And, um, and I would think um, these people never thought for a moment of someone like me and you reading them hundreds of years later. And, and that's why archives are so important. These letters and so many other vital pieces of the past are collected, they're catalogued and they're looked after in our archives. And anyone can go along, um, find them on the catalogue and ask, ask to see them. Um, and family history in our department um, put these kinds of letters and puts real character into people from the past. We can hear them in our heads, we can hear their voices and really get an insight into their lives. So an argument over a toast being drunk from Dundee Skull um, informs us about so much, so much more. And I just think that's a nice wee nugget alongside our, our, Jacobite, mm -hmm. our Jacobite exhibition. It just tells a bit more about the Murrays of Athol and they're one of our big clans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's fascinating. This is just this tiny little glimpse into something in the past. Um, thank you, Nicola. The Blair Castle is actually open to the public seven days a week and I'll include the link in the episode description so you can go along and see it. Uh, Jacobite Clans exhibition is on at Perth Museum and Art Gallery until 26th of October and is open from Tuesday to Sunday, 10am until 5pm. 